the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. You know, I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Edred. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Why is a snake in the house? I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Tyson, how are you? This is David Dunn. Did I see you, No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, no, dude. No, this You're is the, the podcast. Uh, You're the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the only podcast you need to listen to to get you set for your fantasy football draft. It is a special fantasy football edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We don't talk about breaking news unless it's fantasy-related. We don't talk about anything on this show unless it is fantasy-related. Chris Law, good to have you here. Rich, always a pleasure. And Chris Brockman, good to have you hey, here. Hey, great to see you guys. On uh, the previous podcast that was posted just hours ago with Joe Namath talking as only he can candidly about what's going on with the New York Jets and the Sanchez and Geno Smith and Rex Ryan and John Isaac and Woody Johnson situation all in New York City. Also, Joe Buck of the NFL on Fox, MLB on Fox, a regular Joe podcast, if you will. Um, So for all the latest stuff uh, going on around the Football League, NFL, please go there. But uh, as we discussed at the top of that show, you are just coming off, Chris Brockman, off a seven-hour fantasy football draft. It's so exhausting, but it seems like no matter what what we do to try to encourage people to draft quicker, we can't get it under that seven-hour mark. Basically, my friends are idiots. Okay. I think that's the moral Well, that included the uh, the 25-minute wait for a Brian Hartline pick. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That's nuts. And um, I'm in two fantasy leagues. You are in how many, Chris Brown? Five. Five. Wow. How about you, Law? Uh, I, I'm in five, but I just got a co-GM in the fifth one, and uh, he's taking care of the draft. Okay. So, the co-GM that's not is, a bad idea. Have you well, ever done that? Is that the that? one for Mooch that you got to no, do for it's, Mooch? No, uh, it's a work league one which i want to be in because it's all my coworkers. but i have a conflicting draft that night and it, it's a small little you know it's more two so drafts at once huh yeah. so i've i've got the one that i'm in uh, jeff garland's league yep um added josh charles this year for those who name you know, drop who no, else no, is in that league? um um all three of the uh curb riders um alec berg and dave mandel and uh, Jeff Schaefer, nice. who is the EP and co-creator of the league with his lovely wife, Jackie, who I believe they're coming on a uh, podcast next week to promote the latest ep- uh, season of the league in which you, Chris Law, will appear. Yes, it's uh, shifting over to FXX, which is now right. their, their new comedy channel, which it's always Sonny's on, all those All, all those, those shows. shows. So um, at any rate, th- they're all in that league with a few other guys. Nice. And, um, and I have already completed that draft. And I figured the best way to go about business to start off this podcast is let's get the NFL.com fantasy experts in here. Michael Fabiano, Dave Damashek, along with Akbar Baja Biamila, who are just three of the many uh, uh, principals on the NFL Fantasy Live, um, and get those guys in here and have me 
walk them through my draft to see what I did right, what I did wrong. And in that way, you folks out there who are listening can perhaps get a better sense of how you should draft, where you should draft, who you should draft, where and when and why. And then when those guys are done here in studio, we're going to phone up ESPN.com's fantasy expert, Matthew Berry, the talented Mr. Roto, because that's the way we roll on this show for you at the most crucial part of your football season, which I understand may be when your team is playing on Sundays or Monday nights or Thursday nights on NFL Network, and maybe you consider it to be January, December, maybe to get into January and playing in January. But I understand, we understand, the two Chris's understand that perhaps the most important part of your football year are those few seconds that you are on the clock of a fantasy football draft that you want to win to prove your medal, your worth, your pride is on the line. And we want to make sure that you are fully prepared for those moments, those seconds, those crucial, crucial drafts, plural, for some, in your life. So we have our fantasy experts. Yes. And we are mandated to say go to NFL.com, play your fantasy football on NFL.com. There's starter kits, fantasy kits, all sorts of draft kits there. It's also the only site that provides instant video. So if you have Adrian Peterson and he scores a touchdown, within 15 seconds that touchdown's up and you can watch it. And look at it. So pretty cool. NFL.com. Excellent. But we also understand that the fantasy world's a large world. Yes. And Matthew Berry's got a book, Fantasy Life, out there on the bestseller list of the New York Times. (laughs) Proof of his extreme popularity and success so we'll get him on too get the talented mr roto to give his thoughts as well that's how we're rolling here on this show so let's get right to it and open the door for our nfl.com fantasy experts what you got something we got one more thing uh we you know how last year for the playoffs we did the where we invited all the fans to join our league don't don't remind me i was terrible (laughs) and i think you finished we had had about eight thousand fans brockman did pretty well that was pretty well yeah 1500 no, I think I was higher than that. But so we're going to do something like that so, again? So, yeah, NFL.com has a weekly pick em where essentially you're just picking winners of every game on your Sunday show, Game no, Day Morning. And, and no, uh, we, no, we, no juice. Listen, we are, we, are, we are like frozen caveman lawyers here at NFL Media when it comes to things, words like spread. I don't know yeah, what that means. We don't know what, what that it's means. Like, it's like, like your, the words, spread offense? your words confuse yes. me. Some jam just, on toast? I'm just right. a caveman. I don't know. It's Actually, just, rule number one is this game may not be used to conduct, advertise, or promote any form of gambling. That's right. So basically, so ba- you just go, and there the two ma- the, the, the matchups for week one are there. I'm, the looking, at, I'm there. looking at it right the now. The Ravens helmets, helmet is there. Right. The Denver helmet's there, and you toggle to which you side you slide it and you, you can change, uh, I believe, I, actually, I believe it locks on Thursday Night Football for that game, and I think you have up until Sunday kickoff well, to make I hope a so, because you need to know change. who's in and who's sure. not. So the way this works, it's sort of a fantasy scoring system. For each correctly identified game winner, you receive 10 points. For each correctly identifying, for correctly identifying five game winners, uh, you get 10, 10 fantasy points. So there's typically 13 games a week. So, once buys uh, so come. if you get 10 correct, you get 20 extra points? If you get five, at least five games correct per week, you'll get 10 extra bonus points. Oh, if you don't get five correct a week, yeah, wow. you're in some trouble. If you get 10, you get 30 extra fantasy points. And if you run the table, you get a 50-point bonus. So it accumulates your score all so you season get, long. You, you get 10 for each correct one. Yes. You get an extra 10 for each five correct one. Yes. You get an extra 
30 for 10 correct if you ones? Go, if you get 10 correct in a single week. And then if you so get, if you get ten correct in a single week, that's a hundred points just for merely getting the ten correct. It's hundred and thirty points for getting ten correct. That is cor- that is correct. That Actually, is correct. it's hundred and forty because you get the five point. You get the oh, so the you bonus get the ten. You get the ten point and, and the, the thirty five. point. Correct. Oh, okay. And then and then if you run the whole damn table, that means that's an extra ninety points. Yeah, if you on go, top of okay, if you go two for the money style, then you get a fifty point bonus. So. How do people do this? So I actually just sent out a tweet uh, with the link to it. If you go to the game itself, nfl.com slash fantasy, uh, you can join leagues. Look for the Rich Eisen Podcast League, um, and you sign up there. Wow. You join the league. This? We'll keep track all season long. We're going to have prizes every week to the weekly winner, NFL Network What's hat. the prize? What's the prize? I'm st- we still got to find out. It'll be a T-shirt, hat, maybe a... Uh, you realize you're getting involved with, like, we're going to have to send a hat to, 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 to Finland or something. I do. I do and realize you international shipping that? charges may apply. By the way, I just <laughs> signed up and made all my picks week one. Boom. I'm ready to go. So right now, it's just the three of us who are in this Right state. now, it's yeah. just the three of us. Let's see, how, let's see how it expands. I like it. Yeah, and if you miss week one, I mean, as you can see with the way bonus points are structured, you're not out of this. If you run the oh, table sure. one week. So how do people find this again? What yeah, is it again? They can either go to me on Twitter and find it, or we'll tweet it from at the Eisen Podcast, or just go to NFL.com slash fantasy, uh, click on the weekly pick them, and then join a group. And the joint, the group you're joining is the Rich Eisen Podcast group. Very well. Now let's have on the Rich Eisen Podcast the group joined by the group from NFL Fantasy Live. They are three-fifths of the quality program NFL Fantasy Live that you could see on NFL Network. When, Chris Law? When could you see it on you NFL Network? You can see it uh, Monday through Friday on NFL Network at 5 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Pacific, Eastern. And then it re-airs every night at 1 a.m. Eastern. 10 Pacific. Sunday mornings, uh, it's also on NFL.com. Mm-hmm. It streams. Sunday mornings, it airs on the Red Zone channel. Oh, wow. So you guys are on NFL Network on the Red Zone channel. So These wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Scott Hansen has to share time on his network? He does. That he does. <laughs> that must have come from on high. That must have come from on high. Uh, but at any rate, uh, three-fifths of the show uh, NFL Fantasy Live, uh, Sundays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, also streamed on NFL.com. Our NFL.com fantasy expert, Michael Fabiano. Good to see you, sir. What's up, my man? Also of the highly entertaining podcast of the NFL media landscape, the Dave Damashek football program, the man himself, Dave Damashek. Good to see you. What's the poop, Rich? I'll tell you what the poop is. It's, it's the sandwich that Rex Ryan is eating right now. Oh, it's, it's really pathetic. I think that's the meat, by the way, not the bread. Oh. Isn't it sad? We've really watched him crumble. So charismatic and entertaining, and now yeah. he's just a shell. He's, his, in his, his tone of voice, that he's meek now. It's, it's really... When uh, you write checks, your body can't cash. This is what happens. <laughs> is that right? I think things will be much sunnier for him in the East Bay when he's coaching the Raiders in 2014. I saw that tweet. You got out of your DeLorean and saw that's that. Right. And be careful what you say about you know body because clearly when you mess with rex you mess with the governor governor christie because you <laughs> right. do not yeah. you do not pierce the lap band of brothers <laughs> wait that's did, going on did in governor Missouri christie right get lap band does he have that well he's the one who hooked up rex with they, their lap band of brothers well rex's has clearly worked <laughs> oh. governor christie's has not. yes but rob rob ryan it's clearly not worked. Right. That's not working. Akbar yeah. Baja Biamila, good to see hey, you, sir. How are on? you? I'm good doing to good. See you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't mess with Governor Christie. 
I actually had I actually on. had lunch with him during the Super Bowl. Did you really? Uh, yes, I, I was I was having lunch with uh, Did Brendan. you get anything to eat? I am the day show. He... Oh no, it was huge. And he what had a lot was of it? Yeah. He had a lot of it was a po' boy sandwich. Of it was course. a po' boy sandwich nice. and it was I mean and he had like two different plates and you know, I didn't want to be rude or I anything. I think that was pre was his like, lap band. I think he got lap band after the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. oh, he he might have been doing he might have been doing like what my dad did. The night before he got had open heart surgery, I swear to God, he went and he got a he got a chicken parm delivered to his room, <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, that's what's put you in the hospital, and he's like, Well, I mean, it's all cleared out after tomorrow. I mean, I'm like, this is I definitely, hail the move. That's a great <laughs> move. Oh, yeah, that's excellent, of course. And the rest of the family didn't view it that way, oh, but boy. thank God, knock on Woody, he's still around. Um, so let's. Um, Let's talk about this. Fan, fan, uh, Adam Rank is not here. He's yeah, on we have the a, shelf. Yeah, Adam Rank. Uh, Molly Karam's new to the to the crew this year. Yeah, uh, she's joining. She's it. hosting. Yeah, she's hosting along with uh, Matt Money Smith mm. and also uh, Jason Smith. So we actually. Wow. So this is th- three sevenths. Yes, and then of the group. An eighth mixture into it is Marcus Grant, one of our fantasy editors who writes for NFL.com. And don't forget about Elliot yeah, Harrison. Elliot also. Harrison. Yeah, oh, the ninth. Geez, nine. Yeah, Elliot Harrison. We've almost got a full basketball team. Yeah. This is like wow. a, a softball team. You could be part of the fantasy softball. Yari's Autonomics. That's actually that's one of my team names, by the way. <laughs> All of my team names Yari's. are Curb Your Enthusiasm based. Yari's well, Autonomics is I got a classic, some good ones. man. Yeah. That is a classic. Well, my, my fantasy team name um, in um, in one league is Co-Tidy Bad, based on uh, the podcast here. When uh, when Chris, with Bobby Cannavale, Jet fan, sitting here, said the Jets are going to be terrible, and he turns to Chris and he goes, you mean co-tidy bad? Co-tidy bad. <laughs> and we came, which is the slogan that my team slogan is, you're not fully bad unless you're co-tidy Nice. Because clearly not. So that's the way I want to start this thing here. Um, and it's sort of a reverse mock draft where I'm telling you who I chose – and you tell me if this was a good idea or not. Oh, okay. So that way people can sort of sit here and figure out, like, we're not going to go through a mock draft. It's sort of a an ex post facto mock draft. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to, to uh, you guys? Yeah, so do you want us to be like almost like your, your, school, your school teacher? Like, well, this well, is good, this isn't good? Yes. I okay. want you to grade me. All right. Because it will also give the fans an idea of, of what they should do if, when, when they get on the clock, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, Akbar, but just remember, he's the face of the No, 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 no. That's kind of like when your best friend's paper, you know how teachers used to say, go around and grade your, your, your classmates? Right, right. You got to grade you your, your friend's paper. You guys <laughs> are just crazy. All right, so I was second overall, and just like everyone else, um, Adrian Peterson went off the board in this draft. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt. 12-team or 10-team? 10-team. It's, 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 reg- it's standard. Regular. Standard. Yeah, scoring, it's not crazy, anything crazy. No PPR? No PPR. PPR. Four it's, points it's, for passing touchdowns or six? It's four points for passing okay. touchdowns. Okay. I mean, this is as standard, as vanilla as anybody can mm-hmm. get. The way it All, should be. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not even like uh, five points for field goal for 50 yards, which I don't like. I like a little you bit. Of, I like a little bit. Of, I like a little bit of fun in that regard. I like bonus points for a hundred yard receivers mm-hmm. and runners, three hundred yard passers, four hundred yard passers. I like those bonuses. That's the way I am in my other league. This one is as straight vanilla as they possibly get. Okay, so uh, first round was uh, Adrian uh, Peterson went. Okay, mm-hmm. I picked sixth overall in this draft. Okay, Doug Martin went too. Do you guys agree with that? I do. Yeah, like yeah. That. He should have gone. Yeah, he should have been like the fourth. I like the fourth guy. Marshawn off. Lynch. Two? Marshawn Lynch has got more of a track record than Martin. I like Martin. I actually got Martin, Martin last night in the uh, seventh overall. 
I think some people draft. are concerned about offensive line issues or or, or, or yeah. if last year was a rookie, people didn't see it coming type thing. I think you want youth at that position. Lynch you know, it doesn't have safer. to do with savvy. It has to do with fresh legs, and that's what you want. And I think Marshawn Lynch is a guy in Seattle. This is a look at it from real uh, in real football terms. They're a contender. They're going to use the youngster, Kristen she, Michael, yeah. oh, Spell, Marshawn it. Lynch, and, and ramp not, him up as November not and December. Use him enough yeah. to let me, let me hurt Lynch's right. value. You picked Doug Martin. I did not. You did not. No, I did okay. not. But so, so, so Doug went take, second overall. Though. Okay. So you would take Marshawn Lynch, Michael Fabiano. Yes. Second, if you're sitting two, because I, I think we all agree Adrian Peterson is going to be number Correct. one in any Correct. draft. Have you guys heard of another draft where Adrian Peterson was not number one? No. no. Anybody? Not even in your cockamamie draft that took seven and a half hours. To, no, to go he was back in the pool and he was taken number okay, one. Okay, so you're, that's a keeper league. That's for a you. keeper league for me. All right, so you take Lynch. In uh, this league, CJ Spiller went three. Anybody have an issue with uh, that? A little bit of a reach. I think, I think that's a reach. I, I don't think that you take CJ Spiller that high. I mean, I, I know that you know Doug Maroney's got his whole new offense coming over there, but I, I like CJ Spiller. But I think I have him at the bottom of my first round. I think he's that he's that guy. He's like right there at that number nine in your spot. Okay. Probably number nine or number ten. Well, after after Peterson, though, there's three or four running backs who are going to go potentially two or three. Marshawn, Arian Foster, Ray Rice, Doug Martin, CJ Spiller, Shady if McCoy. If you're a glass half full guy on what uh, Chip Kelly's going to do to the NFL, then Shady McCoy. Jamal could be the Charles is another one. Well, you're not going to like my pick then because okay. uh, CJ Spiller went three, Foster went four. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy right in front of me um, went Matt Ryan. Oh wow. What? So you got lucky. That was wow. good for you. But that was, that's good. Wait, wait, wait. Big the year coming. The first quarterback drafted was Matt Ryan? <laughs> every quarterback on the board. That, that guy the, clears from the, Every running back save Peterson, Martin, Spiller, Foster went on the board. I say you humiliate him publicly here and now by name. Um, yes. Let's see. Who, who, he deserves it. He has it coming. In the world right. I, I had a draft last night, too, and Peyton Manning was the first quarterback off the board. You know, people well, that's not so, as bad you, as Matt Ryan. It, it, I think it is. You know well, what well, it is? A lot of guys are just getting way too emotional with their picks. Some people are just like, you know what? I got to pick this guy no matter what. I'm a fan of his. And that's not how you, that's not how you draft in fantasy. You have to be successful by finding relative value. That's what they call it in fantasy football. And but you don't think Ryan Matt is- Ryan? No way. You could have got him in the sixth round. Hmm. Well, then I had a chance of Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, and went Calvin well, Johnson. Wait, I was going to say, we know who you Calvin didn't take. Johnson. I went Calvin Johnson. Why? So I want to ask you a question. I'll because, tell you why. Because this is, this is where a lot of fantasy owners have questions about whether or not they take a wide receiver in round one, which I say no. Who are your running backs? Well, here's here's you mean subsequently? Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But here's my thought: I had Jamal Charles, Lashawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch sitting there. For some reason, Marshawn Lynch scares me. I don't know how this Seattle offense is going to work in year two. I don't know how effective Rice is going to be with his injury. I do not know. I, I love Russell Wilson. I think he's a diamond in the rough. He's a second-year quarterback. I'm assuming he's going to take a step forward. Marshawn Lynch with the rest of those running backs that you mentioned that are there, I just don't know. And then LaShawn McCoy, I had him last year. There's no chance I can touch him again regardless of the fact of I'm scarred. You're just soured on him. And the reason why I'm scarred is because of the man who's feeding Jamal Charles currently in Kansas City. I wasn't going to touch him with a 10-foot pole. So I went Calvin Johnson because I thought that Stafford is going to throw it 50 gajillion times a game. And that's the guy he's going to go to every single time. And I just went with him. 
my other running backs, the next uh, McCoy, Lynch, Richardson, Rice. Ray Rice went in the second round. Unreal. Wow. Um, Drew Brees then went. Des Bryant then went. Alfred Morris then went. So I jumped on Matt Forte. I like that. Terrific. Yeah. Well, should... I, I love the Matt Forte pick, but I, I just have to go back around because I'm still kind of hurt. You said that you gave up on Shady McCoy because what he did to you last year, and I've said this all along in fantasy, you have to understand forgiveness, and I've defined it. Forgiveness <laughs> is giving up the hope that the past could be any different. You can't go back and change what happened. This year, in that Chip Kelly's offense, Shady McCoy is not only going to catch a ton of balls in the backfield, but he's going to run those balls because you look at them when they spread that offense out and they're in 10 personnel and they've got two wide receivers out here, two wide receivers out there. This whole defense is spread out. Shady McCoy is going to pop every single defense for a whole bunch of yards. That may be the case, and it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. It makes a lot of sense. But, but Chris Law. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm t- I'm so burned by what I saw last year. You can't I'm forgive so burned. him. I I I forgive him. Yeah, but I just cannot go another fantasy season putting the same eggs in the shady McCoy basket. And, and it also I, and has I a lot to do with Andy Reid for you, right? I hope for him, uh, Andy. I mean, this has been well documented on this. Program, of course, it and has. I'm sure I'll be goaded into saying it again later on on this I'm podcast. Sure you will. This monster fantasy podcast. I just can't do that. I got us. I just. I, and and this is the reason why I probably lose to guys like you playing fantasy. This is the reason why I'm not good at golf. Also, <laughs> is that I can't focus. It's too emotional for me. Ah, you know, and it's it and and I gotta switch it up to keep it interesting. No, I, listen, I have to switch it up. I can't go with the same guys as last year. I hear year. what you're saying, and I, you know, I really do embrace that. On some level, keep in mind. You know, it, it should be fun. Draft guys that are fun and electric to watch. You know, oh, yeah. by that logic. Calvin Johnson fits that's that bill, a fun I think. Game. No matter what, no matter how bad the Lions are, it'll be entertaining to flip them on and stare at that game. Everybody now has the ticket. Everybody, or you sit in a bar, wherever you watch your games. You see them all. Do you want to spend your Sunday staring at a Jacksonville Jaguars game watching MJD? No. The Lions will at least, if nothing else, you'll get the root for Calvin Johnson. He's always targeted. This should be a part of your calculation when you're drafting. So, uh, I know Fabiano doesn't like hearing that. No, Fab, but it because, should well, be enjoyable no, on some level. Well, of course, in Fabs, you, you, you enjoy you can take the moment to respond to that. I absolutely enjoy it, but I enjoy winning too, Damashek. Absolutely. And I enjoy having a second running back who I'm not going to have to pull my hair out about every week. I can't wait to so, hear who his second running so back is. Hold on a minute then. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you agree with Ridley, MJD, Chris Johnson, Steven Jackson on the board with my choice of Forte? I like Forte. Yes. Over those five guys. Yes. 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 Okay. So, Forte's moving up. If you see what he's done in the preseason, I liked it. Lovey Smith. Did not utilize him like he should have in the past couple of years. Well, and Mark hurt. Trestman is going to utilize him. Yeah. Even when he was on the field. Yeah. Forte is so much of a better running back than he got credit for under Lovey Smith over the last couple of years. Remember Forte's rookie season? He was one of the five best running backs in fantasy football. Ever since then, his value has fallen. Yes, he's had some injuries with the knee and that kind of thing. I like him this year. You, you gotta go Second back. round for Forte, I love it. you got to go back to uh, Mark Tressman. You probably know all that stuff With back in 2003. My rookie year, when I had Charlie Garner and Mark Tressman was there, 
I mean, he would get Charlie Garner the ball, and he would just explode. He was awesome. I mean, he had like 80, Garner 90 catches. Garner was a very I'm, solid fantasy back. I mean, back. it was unbelievable. And can you imagine now Mark Tressman doing that with Matt Forte? I, I think that's a great pick. Okay, right. good. So then it went Julio Jones, Stephen Ridley, MJD, A.J. Green, Chris Johnson, around out round two. Mm-hmm. Uh, round three, Larry oh. Fitzgerald, Jimmy Graham, Stephen Jackson, Demarius wow. Thomas. Jackson and Thomas in round three. Brandon Marshall. What's well, a 10-team league. Wow. Still, uh, Brandon, Brandon Marshall. Marshall. So here we go. Brandon goes. Marshall after Demarius Thomas. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Somebody chose Demarius Thomas over Brandon Marshall. Then came me. I know. Okay. Let me guess who it was. David Wilson. Correct. Incorrect. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> there was Roddy White, Andre Johnson, Randall Cobb, Dwayne Bowe, Vincent Jackson, Frank Gore. All on the board. You love the inconvenience. You, you went running back. You went Frank Gore. No, I he did didn't. Not. No, he didn't. Aaron, you can see what Aaron I did. No, I, I can't see it, but correct. No. Aaron Rodgers. Rich. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, your second, your he, second running back. Your second gotta, that's, that, yeah, that's what you, you just missed out on your opportunity to okay. get a running back. Because, look, there's okay. not a lot of depth at the running back position, so that's very hard that you well, now wait to the fourth round to get one. At that point, everyone – I had a choice. The, the running backs who were available at that point in time – were Frank Gore, Reggie Bush, DeMarco Murray, Eddie Lacy, Lamar Miller. How in the world do I not take Aaron Rodgers if he's, if he's sitting out there over those guys? Gold is precious because it's rare. So, too, are quality running backs who are going to get a ton of touches over the course of the season. That's why you should. Fabiano will, uh, will tutor you and say, first two rounds, only go running back. I like Jimmy Graham as a guy who's the, – the drop-off at his position from one to two is the greatest at any position. So I could see taking Jimmy Graham in the second round. Outside of that, I'm kind of with Fabiano. Running backs first two because there just aren't There's very so many so many good quarterbacks, Rich, out there. Uh, Matt Ryan, notwithstanding going in the first round, which is completely <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Tony Romo's ADP right now is round eight on NFL.com. Matt Ryan's is round six. Drew Matthew Reese. Stafford's is round nine. No, I, I will not get an elite quarterback of the Breeze, Brady, Rodgers stature because Peyton Manning. I'm not taking a quarterback that early. Look at what happened last year, the top ten players in fantasy football. One running back in the top ten, one, Adrian Peterson. Everyone else was a quarterback, okay? And if you look at the fantasy you, hold points. On a hold on a minute. When you say you're talking about being drafted, when you say best players in fantasy football. You're no, talking about- by points. By, by points. points. End of the year points. Because so, so based nine on of the them nature, were quarterbacks? Based on the nature of the position, quarterbacks are going to score more fantasy points. I'll look this up when but, you guys start but I, chatting. But Adrian Peterson scored 300-something points, yeah. had, had a great season. Two and three was Doug Martin, Arian Foster, that kind of thing. Alfred Morris. There's quarterbacks who are not even ones in fantasy who are close to that number because that's the nature of the position. That's why so you wait what, on a quarterback. But no, but so I don't understand. If you're telling me nine out of the ten fantasy performers last year because were quarterbacks, there's a lot of because fifteenth QB is going to give you and a respectable number. The 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 fifteenth running back, and by the way, you need to start two of those guys. Right is not going to have uh, his number relative to what the top so, so, six or eight running backs have is going to be a gargantuan drop. So you're off. saying you're saying you're saying just so I can. Let, let, so, let, so you're saying you're saying that the ninth best quarterback is as good as the best quarterback in no, fantasy it's football. No, 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 no. It's much it's closer let, 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 to the point where right. I need to fill my roster with running backs, even though the running backs you need one guy to have a once in a lifetime dream season to be a top ten fantasy player. So I'm just saying, way. why wouldn't I go ahead let, and secure myself perhaps the best 
fantasy performer at the position that provides the most fantasy points Let, in the third round. Why wouldn't still, I do that? Because it ultimately you want to win your games each week. And if you got Aaron Rodgers scoring a whole bunch of points and your dud number two running back has only scored five points or four points, that could end up costing you if you're in a, in a very close Rich, game. Let me, let me ask you a question. Sure. Who has more fantasy value, Ray Rice or Sam Bradford? I would say Ray Rice, obviously. And it's not even close, right? Who scored more fantasy points last year? Bradford? Yes. So The quarterback position is so deep. And again, by the nature of the position, they're going to score more points. You have to go running backs early. I I would rather have Ray Rice, Matt Forte as my backfield, and pick Matt Ryan in the seventh round than have Matt Forte as my one. I don't know who your two is. It's coming. Andre oh, Brown. Boy. I can't and, wait to hear this one. And Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. Well, by so the way. It's a more well-rounded, balanced team. So the question, so, so here's what you're saying. You're saying that because of Sam Bradford, who many people think would be at the very bottom of the fantasy quarterback oh, yep. pile, had more fantasy points than Ray Rice, who is clearly a first-rounder in many people's minds. Correct. Because of that, the the disparity between a starting running back and somebody that you don't want to start is so vast yes. that you need to get as many starting running backs as you can because the fantasy points that a quarterback can provide is something you can get later on in you're the merely draft and you're cover merely keeping by. up with the Jones as a QB Correct. as long as you don't have Mark Sanchez you're in decent shape so I reached for fool's gold. I no, listen. No, no, here's the thing. Well, no, by well, the way, not yet until you hear who I got as my second way, running back. In a vacuum, yes, I can't wait. In a vacuum, also, yes, maybe you should say two running backs in the first two rounds. But listening to how this draft draft went for you in particular, there were a lot of receivers and QBs going off early. So Rich. Uh, you know, probably strategically said, well, listen, all those running backs aren't going. One's going to be there for me in the fourth round. I just, in one you're in, Fabiano, if it's a bunch of experts, it probably is. The first 15 picks are probably running backs. But in this league, that's not the case. So he could wait on that. But if, you, if you're in a league like this with an expert mentality that what you guys are discussing, you can go mm-hmm. ahead and crush it. Even though I did win right. this league last year, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Don't be so surprised. I did finish last in the league that I'm drafting in later this week that I really want to win another Uh, thing that you have to figure too is that yes matt ryan in round six tony romo in round eight starting players in fantasy what running backs are you going to get in those rounds i mean you're looking at andre brown i want to know brown second okay let's get to it right i want to hear okay so that was i was uh the sixth pick in the third round that leaves four more picks after i chose aaron Rodgers, roddy white andre johnson randall cobb love him went um by the way that was um Jeff Schaefer of the league, FX, is in this, and he's coming on next week. I'm sure you yep. won't mind me telling him. I'll tell you when his picks were. He chose Marshawn Lynch in the first round. He's a Seattle course, fan. Yeah. Um, and then he went Drew Brees on the right back end um, and then went Randall Cobb in the third round. Dwayne Bowe rounded up the, the first three rounds. Okay, round four, I'm sitting fifth overall in this round. Oh boy. Vincent Jackson goes. I'm sitting there thinking, I, need, I, I saw Frank Gore. I'm like, I got to get him. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore goes next. He's off the boards. I'm like, yeah. Tom Brady goes. I'm like, fine, whatever. I'm taking care of a quarterback. So at this point in time, anybody who takes a quarterback is doing me a favor, right? right? That's the way I'm viewing it now, by taking somebody that early. This is my mindset. You guys are looking at me like I'm a total rank amateur, but okay, (laughs) fine. Uh, Victor Cruz goes next. I chose Reggie Bush. 
I like Excellent. that pick. That's I love that pick. For him to get the and I chose four? him. I chose him. I'm sitting there. I'm like, uh, I've got Calvin Johnson already. Oh, mm-hmm. I for, uh, I've got Calvin Johnson already. And oh, I'm like, what do I do? I, forgot about you. I had a choice between Reggie Bush, DeMarco Murray, Eddie Lacy, Lamar Miller, David Wilson. And I went with Reggie Bush, I even like though David I already Wilson, had Calvin Bush, Johnson. Even though I already had Calvin Johnson, I figured Detroit, in my mind, is going to average three touchdowns a game, at least. I, wouldn't you think, listen, Fabs? Yes. I mean, wouldn't you think? I like Reggie Bush. But uh, not, not when you already have Calvin Johnson. Non- I, he's in a non-PPR, I, that, though. I'm, yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's going to devalue Reggie Bush. And one thing that I'm worried about with Reggie Bush, and maybe this is just me looking too deep into things, in his time in New Orleans, he missed 20 games, and he was on turf. Went to Miami, missed one in two years on grass. Now he's back on turf again. I'm just saying I hope that his, his knees hold up back on turf, playing more than eight games on turf. And I, I, like, I like that pick based on where you were, but again, Reggie Bush is no lock. We like him. He's no lock. DeMarco Murray's no lock. I'd rather have but I, Forte I, I, and, and Ray Rice, who I love, at that position, so instead, of, my instead of Calvin Johnson, I could have had the the running back up there. Four went Calvin Johnson in the first round. I could have had Forte and Charles McCoy and Lynch already in my back pocket. Could have gone White or see. I'm Andre Johnson scares me. I could have gone Rod, Roddy White. I could have at that with, instead of Aaron Rodgers. So this is the way you're well, saying my draft could have gone as opposed say, to the way it went. I have, as is clear to anybody who's ever interacted with me, I have a sunny disposition. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's the first thing I think of, Damage. Let's take a look now at, uh, what, regardless of the draft position, you have the best quarterback in fantasy and in real terms. You have the best wide receiver easily. And now you have two viable, legitimate That's number one I'm options at running it. back. Thank you. So the way it shakes out, it yes. looks pretty good. Now, the method was probably wrong if you if you go Fabiano's route, which is probably the best way to go. But the bottom line is after four rounds, you're looking pretty good. Well, here's, here's the thing where I look at Reggie Bush's situation and think, boy, that, that, that could come back and bite you because – now, all of a sudden, he's fighting. He, he's lined up at receiver a lot. I mean, they line him out in that slot receiver. They throw the ball a ton, more than anybody in the league. That's fine with me. Yeah, and that's fine. Points but, are points, but, right? But, yeah, but they're going to be targeting mostly Calvin Johnson. So, now it's like it's almost like drafting two receivers from the same team. That's what, essentially what you did. You, you drafted two receivers from the same team. Only Reggie Bush wears a different hat as well as a running back. Who's I, your I'm second not, wide receiver? That's okay. what I want to know. Well, let's continue on here because, as, you know, as you know, this is where champions are made, right? Rounds and five through sure. ten. No Correct. doubt. That's B- my no mind. Doubt. Before we yes, continue on, our friend sure. Akbar has a production meeting for oh. said fantasy live show that we have to have him. That means i got to get out of here. Hop, Ladies and gentlemen, Akbar, Bajia, B. Miller. I actually am in that meeting also, but I'll stick around for a couple more minutes. You know what? That's what happens when you're big time. You can do that. Don't get me completely in trouble with all the producers. I'm not big time, prime time. Let me tell you something. In all honesty, fantasy live can survive. Without a production meeting for one day, let's put it that way. Okay, what what Fabiano is saying on this podcast and the reach that it gets will be good enough to, let's say, counterbalance the lack of his presence for most of that meeting. Fair enough. I will take that hit. Fair enough. As a tenure employee here at the network, I have to say one thing, Mama, Daddy. I made it. I'm on the Rich Eisen okay. podcast. Okay, very good. <laughs> Something Kabir never got. Oh! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to walk off line. Okay, so um, Lacey Miller's gone. Marcus Colston goes. Amendola goes. I'm like, fine with that. Because um, I, I, he 
frightens me down to my socks, Danny Amendola. I understand he can have Welker-like numbers. High upside, and Ooh, there's risk. risk Here's something reward. I will say, though. In general, the recurring thing you hear all the time is everybody always has to lay down the caveat, but he's brittle, but he got hurt, but he was hurt two years ago. Guess what? I know this is bad news for everybody, but guys tend to get hurt a lot. I mean, the, to gauge things on that is is a uh, is tough for me. I you, you have to you have to cast that aside. I mean, oh. What are you going to do? You're going to worry about everybody has been hurt at some point. Let me hit these guys now uh, relatively quickly. Then mm-hmm. Garcon goes. Reggie Wayne goes. Big clearly, year for I'm Garcon. Thinking, you Big think year. so? Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I think he really is going to turn it on. Okay. Reggie Wayne goes. Vernon Davis goes. Wow. Love Vernon Davis. Davis was love. the second tight end overall. He was the second tight end. Of course. Overall. What's crazy about that? That's I had him. Oh, I don't no. know, man. He disappeared sometimes. And yeah, he had a four game stretch where he had no catches. He Who would be the second tight end? Last year in this league, still. in this league, still. in this league that I you know? won last year, okay, because you can go for flex, you can go tight end also. I went mm-hmm. Vernon Davis because I already gotten Gronkowski and still won. Even though Vernon Davis he darn near derailed awful. it personally, fantasy wise, that's last what year. scares me. There's there's guys out there who the situation looks perfect. Ryan Matthews, the last couple of years, is an example, and it just doesn't work out. Now I know you you love Vernon Davis. Do last not year. compare you Vernon loved, Davis, who is the best player on the. Do you the 49ers know how bad he was in fantasy the last two years, especially Matthews. last season? Davis was awful. Was Ryan, people Ryan were Matthews, dropping him. Ryan Matthews people has were a combi- dropping him. Fabiano, he was so bad. Ryan Matthews has a combined total of seventeen rushing yards in his career. Vernon Davis <laughs> is the best. Was the best player in two straight postseasons for the 49 I'm not getting any fantasy points in the postseason. Right, he already buried my team in the regular season. So I'm now ah. on the clock. I'm now on the clock. I have the choice of David Wilson, Eric Decker, Hakeem Nix, Torrey Smith, Antonio Brown, Wes Welker. Well, you had to go wide receiver. And I went wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Who, did I, who, did, who would you take out of that again? It's I Welker, Nix, Decker, Torrey Smith. Is Amendola Antonio still on the Brown. clock, too? He's off. No, he's, he's gone. Off. I Antonio love, Brown. I love Hakeem Nix this year. Contract year for what that's worth. But Rich Another doesn't guy seem like a guy who's going to take risk. But he's the best player on that team. West, he should have been the MVP. Welker. He should have been the Super Bowl MVP two years ago. He makes Eli look good with those so you, big, strong catches. He's All he needs to do is stay on the field, and he's going to be gangbusters. I went Torrey Smith. Ooh. All right. Well, listen, but I he's like the him. only target on the field for Flacco. Yeah, this let year. me just he's explain. Brockman said Wes Welker, and the reason why I don't go Wes Welker there is he's the number three option in that offense. Well, Torrey Smith is the number one. Uh, he's two Akeem or Nicks three. Is number one. Antonio Brown is number but one. But the Broncos aren't going to run the football this year. But they have Demarius know. Thomas and Decker. But Welker's the blanket that Peyton Manning's never had. Look what he's done with the. That's what I keep saying. Look what he's done with the Collies of and Stokelys Brand of the world. Stokely. And and he likes to throw it a slot. They were all poor man's West Welker. But that's what Welker was in Miami. Now he's got the genuine article. So that could have been Peyton too. I we just like Tory Smith. I like Tory Smith. When I came back around, I went tight end. Dallas, you or, or, uh, do you go? No, you I should have. Written? By the way, you should have a couple. There should be out there for what it's worth. A couple of huge weeks with Calvin Johnson's ability to score two or three touchdowns or put up at least a monster game yardage wise. Plus Torrey Smith, you know he's going to mix in a couple of those games over the course. He'll have of the a year thousand where, yards. He just he needs to be more consistent. I agree with you. I had him last year. I I went with him again just because I think I think as opposed to what I said before. 
he did he did some good things for me last year, and he I think he's ready to take that next step. They have the way no he one ran else. away from the rest of the defense. I forget which preseason game it was this year, where Flacco just found him and he yep. ran away I from that. everybody. Yep. And yep. plus, he was on the podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he let me wear a Super Bowl. So anyone sure. on the podcast, it helps. Oh, it helps. It That's helps. Fabiano okay. thinking. Hey, I met with so and so. He's a great guy. You should take him. Uh, <laughs> so it. I, 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 I was going tight end. Uh, Witten is gone now, mm-hmm. and I almost went Gronk, but I just can't trust it. Oh, oh. That's I a took great him. That's I a took him gamble. last night uh, in our celebrity I, draft in the fifth round. Him. It was Gronk or Ahmad Bradshaw. I needed a oh, I needed I'd a third take. running back. I says I got to take Gronkowski here, and I don't know if it's going to burn me or not. But I mean, he played only eleven games last year, scored eleven touchdowns, and was second in fantasy points at his position. And just in eleven, 11 I like games. That I also took him last night in a ten teamer. But by the way, in this league again, now we haven't heard the name Ahmad Bradshaw. If you nope. see, obviously, if you do it at, by Fabiano's logic, and everybody else is following the same thing, then right. But a, as it is, if, if receivers are going off the board early in QBs, then you can wait. And Ahmad Bradshaw could be a relative steal. He's going to be the. He's going to get the touches. But I couldn't take on him ahead of Gronkowski. Year. Even I would have taken Gronk. I took Tony Gonzalez. No, that's a good pick. I took Tony Gonzalez. Where do you stand, though, on Fabs, on taking a tight end there in the sixth round when I've already gotten my quarterback, two running backs, and two wide receivers? At that point in time, do you go tight end when you could see some of these guys going off the board, or do you keep filling in for your flex and your bench? Do you do, you do have, that right there? Do you have flex and wide receiver or just flex? A flex, which is wide receiver. I could put another wide receiver, running back, or tight end in that spot. I would have gone flex, but it depends on – who the players are that are available. Well, as I told you, I could have had Jordy Nelson, Deshaun Jackson, Darren McFadden, Gronk. Ooh. I could have had Sproles. I would have taken Gronk out of that group. Yeah. I, t- I, mean, I went could, Tony Gonzalez. So... I just know that he's going to have some games. He's going to have some touchdowns, certainly since there's a value on Matt Ryan in this league. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you know, to, to be a championship caliber fantasy squad in the draft, you've got to take a risk or two. You've got to take a risk or two. Gronkowski, to me, has uh, – the, the guy will score outscore Tony Gonzalez and, and miss – Four games this year. So in my next go-round, this is now round seven, I'm thinking I want to get T.Y. Hilton. I'm really high on him. Good sleeper. I think he'd be a great flex. Or when there's a bye week for Calvin or Torrey Smith, he's my guy. He goes first off the board in round seven. Boom, gone. He's going to have a better year than Torrey Smith, by Uh, the way. You think so? I think so. It's possible, too. I just... Is is our He's, is our guy gone? Um, Law dead? Reggie Wayne? Reggie Wayne's way gone. Round five, fourth overall, okay. round five. So Romo goes. Gronkowski goes. Hmm. Josh Charles takes him. Josh Charles. Uh, Greg Olson goes. So now I'm thinking I want Sproles because I'm sixth. I'm sitting there two away. Mm-hmm. Sproles goes. Hmm. So I took Giovanni Bernard as my flex. I like the upside with Bernard. I would prefer to get him as a four and not a three. Got it. But the upside is there. The upside is there. And this is this is where things get dicey when you take a quarterback early. Because Giovanni Bernard could very well have a have a solid season. He's also potentially going to share carries with the law firm and lose goal line work to the law firm. Bernard, if he went to the Steelers, for example, Dave Damashek's favorite squad, I, he would have been the number one rookie in fantasy football for me. Because he's going to be the featured back. They're going to feed him the ball. I don't know that they're going to do that in Cincinnati. So 
there, there's going to be a time when you take a quarterback in the first three or four rounds where you're going to suffer with a questionable flex starter with a questionable two. My draft philosophy is Torrey Smith. I like him. I'd rather get him as a three. If I don't draft a quarterback, maybe I get him as a three. Mm-hmm. Maybe I get McFadden as a three. And I can still get, again, I'll, I'll, I got Robert Griffin III in the sixth round last night. Andrew Luck you in notice, the sixth I, round. His I love name hasn't Andrew even Luck. been mentioned here. RG3 hasn't even been I know. mentioned here yet. Do you think know, that's going to be the Adrian, Adrian Peterson of this draft where everyone's like, we knew he could do it. The knee's well, there. Why didn't I just take him in the here's third? Here's my thought on Giovanni Bernard, if I may for a moment flip your 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 theory on its head a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Last year, LeGarrette Blunt, right? Wasn't he the guy, the veteran sort of, or the more seasoned running back who's coming into Tampa? He's coming in, and here comes Shiano. He's going to bash people yep. with LeGarrette Blunt. He's a perfect blunt force instrument for this Bulvan from, uh, from New Brunswick coming in, okay? Down to down to Florida, and then suddenly Doug Martin became a featured back right in the yep. middle of the season. Yep. Why can't this be that of situation? It could. Oh, it can be. You, you think about the, the devil's advocate to that is look at what happened with the Giants week one. Uh, David Wilson, they're going to give him the opportunity. He fumbles early on. That's Adios. it for him. We don't see him for the next two months. Mm-hmm. Now, Gio, uh, the, clearly. Giovanni Bernard is is much more talented. He's electric. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is anything. But if in week one, Gio Bernard behind a dynamite offensive line, by the way, has a good game and shows obviously pays off the difference in potential or, or, you know, ceiling versus Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, then then you're going to be then you're going to have a steal. There's a real chance for that. Quick hitters now. Um, because after this, uh, uh, the first defense went off the board late in round seven. Crazy. Um, uh, 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 Schaefer took his Seattle Seahawks. Crazy. Too early. Too early going defense. Way round seven too early. Too early. You, so you should be filling off. You, you should still be filling you up. You should with, not draft a defense until one of the last three rounds. That's a crapshoot. The defense, it really has last more to do. Last three rounds of any draft? Any draft. 12-team, 10-team, any draft. Uh, okay. Unless unless you get ridiculous points for defensive scoring. The Bears weren't the best most defense in the NFL last year statistically, but they did score a lot of points. Ergo, it's a crapshoot. There's also kick returns. To, like a Cincinnati defense, people are probably not going to fall all over themselves to get, but they're going to get a lot of sacks. They're going to have Geo Bernard's returning kicks for them. You, you know, But uh, uh, you know what's another good one? A good, uh, a lousy statistical defense that gets a lot of takeaways is uh, the Patriots. Wait on them. Get, what, the Cardinals. People... And again, defense is that, that, that's so cyclical in fantasy football. Think about, think about the teams that drafted the Steelers last year somewhere in the middle rounds thinking they had the, one of the best defenses in fantasy. They stunk last year. Sorry, Dave. But they weren't no. any good. No, they were, they no, were, they were number they were, one in, uh, statistically, but in, in fantasy, fantasy terms, they were they're, anything, they're not they any were good. far from the top. Okay, right. so now uh, Monty Ball goes last of round seven. Um... Do you have a quick thought on Monty Ball? I would prefer Monty Ball over Giovanni Bernard, only because I think there's a, there's a better opportunity for him to start and be the guy. Ronnie Hillman has fumbled away that job. And no Sean Marino, as good as he was last year in the postseason, Where is he? he can't stay healthy. healthy. He the was the, really the one good. advantage he that he has, from he's year. probably the best running back on that team in, in terms of pass protection. And the Broncos' number one goal and their number two goal and their number three goal is what, Rich? Protect Peyton Manning. So yes, correct. that could be uh, an issue with Monte Ball. 
but I think he has more upside because and of the scenario that say, he's in. And may Gio. I say, as we're starting to get into these guys that uh, because they're rookies and we don't know how they're going to mix in, a guy who maybe is a little more dependable is D'Angelo Williams. He's been a boomer bust guy. He was when when you said uh, he was great down the end of the season, you reminded me of that. He was dynamite. And by the way, the MVP of fantasy football, at least. Is uh, is the pistol? It is an unstoppable. All through since November, I've been asking experts, what it, what is the solution to this pistol? If you're a defensive coordinator, Marshall Falk, Trent Dilfer, all tell me the same thing. It is a numbers game. It cannot be stopped. It allows you to collapse one side of the line. So if you're Frank Gore or if you're D'Angelo Williams playing back there, they're going to put up numbers for you. He went two p- picks later, top of round D'Angelo? eight. D'Angelo, D'Angelo and Williams did you hear about to, Stewart uh, now? Stewart's on the PUP list. He's he's missing the first uh, so six D'Angelo's games. So D'Angelo's going to get the ball out of that least, pistol. At least. Well, uh, uh, Schaefer took him uh, after James Jones was the first. Uh, then Mike Wallace goes, round eight. Wow, that's See, now, I, I don't even like Mike Wallace, but in the eighth round, sure. that's a good you pick. can't it's ignore value. Okay, then, value. then I'm, I'm going up uh, two picks later. Chicago's defense goes in front of me. So um, I went Miles Austin. Okay. Ninth, eighth round or ninth round? Eighth. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a fine pick there if he uh, can stay out of the trainer's room. With well, if he can stay out of the trainer's room, and he th- it could. Th- I thought, listen, Des Bryant is going to be a monster. That's mm-hmm. at least what everybody believes. And and so, so soon defenses are going to have to go that way. Witten is always going to be there for him. That Miles Austin could be that guy who is, receives the most benefit. That's my thinking here. Certainly in the eighth round, next went all sorts of defenses. Houston, Denver went. Uh, then Daryl Richardson. What are your thoughts on Shane Vereen, the, the, the running back situation? In Very good sleeper, better in a PPR league. Look at what Danny Woodhead did last year in that role. He was 25th in fantasy points in both standard and PPR, uh, and Vereen is going to fill in that role. PPR league, more value. Vereen is certainly someone who should be drafted somewhere in the middle round, somewhere in this seventh or eighth round slot. And then you've got, uh, after that, Chris Givens, New England. We're now in round nine. Matt Bryant, RG3 goes, round nine. See, wow. now, would you be I happier? Would, yes, I would be. Okay. I get okay. your point. Okay. Good Lord. I suck. <laughs> Listen, I get but your point. You still, your team is going to be competitive. There's no doubt about that. But I get your point. But that, your point that's has what been I'm talking made. about with relative value. Your point has been Can made. Can I ask you a question? You just said Daryl Richardson just went. Is yes. he the clear cut number one? Because Isaiah Pete, oh, Pete no, suspended for there. the first uh, first week of the season. First week, first week. just okay. one. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Phil Dawson goes. I'm like, good lord. First kicker. Oh, no, lord. he just said Matt Bryant went ahead of. Oh that, my right? goodness. Yeah. Is the guy round, who took, is the guy who took Matt Bryant line. the same guy who took Matt Ryan? Um, and the defense. Matt Bryant was was uh, was Josh Charles. Oh wow! Who did not take Matt Ryan? He went CJ. Why Spiller. do people fall in love with kickers that early? They're a dime know. a dozen. They're a dime a dozen. I, I stayed away until the last round. I good, was sec- second to last actually. Um, I went Tavon Austin. Wow! Uh, I mean, to get him there is yeah. is uh, I terrific. I went Tavon Austin because I'm like, you know what? That could be my flex. That could be my guy. That just mm-hmm. boom. Just a kaboom tough, type pick. Tough defense, a tough uh, division for defenses. So that's six tough matchups for him. But still, yeah. he could round be the man. nine finishes up with Le'Veon Bell, Andre Brown, Greg Jennings, Matthew Stafford. You can't make that point with me because I already have half of the Detroit Lions okay. offense. I, I almost understand. damn near drafted Barry Sanders. In the first <laughs> so I can't go. But your point is well made. Matthew Stafford is going to have a gajillion fantasy points. I think he's going to have a much better season. Right. And you just mentioned uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yes, that proves my point at how. 
desperate people are to get a running back late. He's going to be out six weeks at least. You're not going to see him until October. Well, when and you he got six drafted, weeks, back it up. And so he got it, drafted there. Listen. If he's the fact on the that he field, got drafted at all. If he's on the field by mid-October, though, behind I understand, a, an offensive line built to run the ball, he might be. You, he have, might be, you uh, have six weeks with basically a dead spot on your roster. And a hot free agent comes on. Le'Veon Bell is going to be one of the first people that gets cut because he's not doing anything for you. Tenth, unless you have an injured spot. Tenth round, Jared Cook starts it. Ben Tate goes. Yep. And that's when I start thinking, uh, uh, maybe I should start choosing another running back right there. Anquan Bolden goes. Uh, right in front of me, Mark Ingram goes. Oh, man, I thought that might have been a nice pick to get in round you 10. You think Sean Payton, you know, drafted him. They moved up to get him. You know they want to pay off that uh, first exactly. round pick. So I feel that co-tidy bad oh, no. should be the first team to choose a Jet. And I, I, I went Chris Ivory. Where? Round 10. Holy God, that's a good pick. Really? Yeah. Ten, tenth round? Tenth round. I know the Jets Starting got a lot of stink back? on him, but, you know, that's a hell of a value right there, yeah. man. Yeah, fabs. Hey, that's hey, a good hey, value. Hey, hey, hey. In the tenth hey. round, Rich finally did something right. Chris Ivory's going in the fifth or sixth round uh, on NFL.com, if you look at our average draft position, and I know he's got the nicks and the bumps and the bruises, but... I mean, that dude's like a poor man's Marshawn Lynch. That's what I thought. And Sean Green finished 15th in fantasy points at running back last year. And they were dreadful. And I would argue that Ivory's a better running back than Sean Green is. So you would start f- him over Giovanni Bernard in the yes. flex? Yes, Week one against Tampa? I should start him? I would. Okay. I would, too, because you don't know what's going to be. Right. Exactly, Bernard, right? exactly. So With I that stash being Bernard said, on the bench. You okay. mentioned Buccaneers-Jets. For people who don't pick a Niners-Seahawks defense— I love to stream defenses. It's like streaming pitchers in fantasy baseball. I love to do it. The Jets are playing the Bucks in week one. If you don't get an elite defense, pick up the Buccaneers at the end of your draft. I've done that a couple of times. Or the Colts, who are playing the Raiders, who are going to be awful And the Colts year. are home. Colts are home, too. By the way, you gotta look the ahead. cart before the horse. See who the Rams play in week one? I might use as my flex uh, Tavon Austin because they've shown nothing. We have not right. seen Austin. We've barely That's seen what, him use I it. I know Jeff Fisher he said might, they've done that on purpose. Yeah, he might do like an RG3, a wide receiver version of what RG3 did last who year. Who the Rams play week one? Can you look that up? Yeah, I'll, tell you. Uh, I'll continue on. Uh, uh, Ryan Matthews goes after me. Uh, I, I wanted no part of yep, him. I got then that. Law Firm. Cecil Shorts, Gostowski, Josh Gordon finishes up round 10. There are only six round, f- uh, five rounds left. Um, Eli Manning goes round 11. Your point is well made. Because um, he's uh, – well, I, I, mean, I could have had him as my quarterback. I could have well, Eli Manning I, I as my fantasy trust quarterback. Him. I wouldn't trust him as a one, though. You know who's the most I pedestrian really quarterback skill-wise when you, when, you, when you watch him just use your eyeballs and you think, like, that guy's mediocre? Is, well, sort of cut from that same cloth. And, by the way, they'll be playing in the AFC title game this year. Nice. Matt Schaub and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's Dalton got is a weapons. fine pick. He's that, a yeah, that offense I is love... so loaded it can't fail. Unless he is Mark Sanchez level bad, Andy Dalton can't help but uh, but the have two a tight end, the two tight ends he has. He's yeah. got AJ Green. Sanu came on last year. What's the guy that got hurt? But uh, the little guy, terrific. Yep, the little guy they got too. Andrew Hawkins, Andrew Hawkins, Iver, yeah. Gresham. He's dropping it off uh, to the little guy. And if you remember last year, Dalton had a stretch where he was dynamite in fantasy, and then he fell on his face down the stretch. And who, who an the update, play? the Rams play the Cardinals week one, and that game is 
in St. Louis. That's sneaky good, man. Mm-hmm. That NFC West, every game. We've got two on Thursday night football. We're at St. Louis for San Francisco and St. Louis week four, and I think a month later, Seattle at Arizona. I'm really fired up about that, certainly since it's the shortest flight I've got to take. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Stevie Johnson goes. That was Nick Bakai. Uh, Nicky. Ahmad Bradshaw goes third pick, 11th round. That's insane. Wow. Can I get into this league next year, Eisen? Blair Walsh. No, you're not allowed. Jeez. Blair Walsh is a really? kicker. Richard Mendenhall is fifth overall. Then I go and I take Bernard Pierce. And the, who, you don't who, have Ray who Rice. Who else you don't is have available? Running back I do not have Ray Rice. Okay. I did not go all Sean Jeffrey because I just thought. I just don't know. Jonathan Dwyer was next. Golden Tate, Mike Williams. Jonathan Stewart was taken top of 12th round. Boy, mm-hmm. I like Mike Williams a lot. When you allow, So Vincent Jackson comes in. He draws the double coverage. Mike Williams, when you slot him where he belongs as a number two wide receiver, who's largely going to be singled up a lot of the time. You he, saw the hay he made last he year. He worries me because he sure. got paid. Here we go. Right, know. right. Here's, you know. here's how we finish up strong. I'll just tell you my final picks. Okay. Round 12, I took the Arizona defense. Very underrated fantasy defense. I thought to myself, Patrick Peterson's going to return a few, and that yeah. Honey Badger, I'll bet on him. I like that pick a lot. I'll fantasy bet on the yeah. Honey Badger this uh, year. Arizona's uh, always in the top 12 in fantasy yep. points. I like it. Uh, round 13, I figured I just had a, a, a nightmare, the, the nightmare, the, the nuclear plume that comes out of the brains of Packer fans. That week one, something happens to Aaron Rodgers. I just... I had to do something, so I went back up quarterback. Even though, retrospect, I see the guys who were on the waiver wire and it was all done. I thought this might have been a stupid pick, but I went Flacco. I went Flacco. Okay. I got a Instead question. Of, I could have done Kembrell Tompkins as a, as, a, as a sort of roll of the dice there. A lot of people like him. I know mm-hmm. you do, right? You well, do? As a sleeper? But now people are getting crazy with him. They're yeah. drafting him in like the eighth round. I'm not doing yeah. that. Don't go nuts. Uh, round 14, I went Crabtree. Uh, it, that's if I went Crabtree, I'm thinking, you know what? That kid like comes that. back week six. I suddenly have myself a starting wide receiver right, right. who is the binky, the BFF of his quarterback. Yes, that's yes. the guy. Do you that, have an injured that, reserve spot where he doesn't count no. against your roster? No. That's no. right. So he may end no. up being the first guy you drop if you need to pick up a hot free agent. But at this point, late in the draft, guys like Crabtree, Justin Blackman, who's going to be out the first yeah. four games because he's suspended – Josh Gordon is only going to be out two. Those are guys that you're looking at. You know what? I'll pick up and stash them and see what happens. By the way, with the Flacco pick, because I imagine a lot of people based on uh, January, this past January are going to to grab him and assume he's going to continue this role. Who's Was Roethlisberger there? Was Dalton there? I would have taken either one of them. Or he, uh, you know what? Ro- I would even Alex Smith. Uh, Ro- Alex Smith. Brandon Whedon even I would take over here Joe are, Flacco. Here are, and just so you know, I finished up with uh, Seabass. Okay, because uh, the, the young rifle. young young Jeezy was just taken I have like just before two weeks, which I kicked myself because I I love that young Jeezy on um, Zerline uh, Zerline yeah. So uh, here is the um, let me go to the waiver wires here. Um, so um, basically, uh, I don't know how to do this here. So yeah, so you basically have um, Calvin Johnson, Matt Forte, Aaron Rodgers, and. Um, let me call up Cotidy's bad again. Alex Smith was just picked up on waivers. Urkel, Urkel, Urkel. Yes. <laughs> Is that Bakai? No. Oh. Uh, so it it's actually Aaron Rodgers, Calvin Urkel. Johnson. So, so the players that are available, 
Um, here's the player list that are available. You want to know the quarterbacks that are still available? There's going to be chosen really good ones. Yeah. Well, here's who's, still do it, here's, do it. here's who's still around. Mendenhall's still out there. Well, somebody tossed him back out there because okay. I guess he's he's hurt to the point now. Well, he's supposed to be back in time for week one, though. Okay. Um, so you basically have um, who's available. Alex Smith, Carson Palmer, Bradford, who you've already – I love stipulated, Bradford. Stipulated. Schaub, Alex Smith. Schaub, Cutler, Freeman, Rivers, Whedon. Cutler. Here's the, here's the any thing. of those guys are better than thing. Flacco. <laughs> here's one thing, of those though, guys, Well, really. so hold on I'm, a minute. So you're telling me to cut Flacco. You tell me who yes. to pick up No, then. I would. This is good. This is good because take, this, is, this should help some people out. So if I take Flacco off, who, here's, here's the people who are available right now in this league. And then we'll send you off uh, and get get uh, your friend. You're friends with Barry, right? Matthew Barry? Fabs? Yes. He likes you a lot. Yeah, Matt's a good man. Good. He's uh, a good man. Richard Mendenhall, Hillman's out there, Floyd, Bryce Brown, Isaac Redman, Emmanuel Sanders, Ruben Randall interests me. Rich, you want, you, want me to, you want me to tell you what to do? Sure. Dump Flacco and don't pick up another quarterback. Okay. You know what? If Rodgers goes down, you're screwed anyways. All right? So, and, so and which Joe one of these guys should Flacco I pick up? If Mendenhall's is not, in there. Is not a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah, you might want Mendenhall. The only problem there is Stephen Taylor, the kid out of Stanford, who might be better. But keep in mind, Bruce Arians knew how to use Mendenhall uh, a couple yes. of years ago. And right. Mendenhall was very valuable you in fantasy. You can never have so. enough running back okay. depth. That transaction has just taken place. Okay. Uh, people. People go to need to go to NFL.com and sign up for fantasy yeah. football right get now. Devin yep, yep NFL.com slash fantasy, and you nice. can also read Fabs. What, you got some articles that you're writing on there, right? Uh, the, we, we have tons of content. Anything that's going on in the National Football League, we put a fantasy now spin on Now that we talk it. college football, by the way, here we on, do? On, on, on 365, yeah, on NFL.com. Oh, okay. I'm so we immersed in do, fantasy, We need I don't to know do college football fantasy. That's I, for I, next I'm, year. A, I'm in a league tomorrow I'd night. I have to, a draft tomorrow night. I'd love to do that Big Ten, Pac-10, SEC. I'm in it tomorrow night. If I can get Manziel, I'm taking him. That's you. <laughs> That's you being a risk. Thanks, Mike Fabiano. Appreciate Anytime, it, Michael brother. Fabiano. Thank Dave Damashek also download the Dave Damashek football program. Also, uh, you were on Simmons recently. This yes, man's everywhere. Report, this yes. man's everywhere. Um, and now it's time for Matthew Berry. So if any of you listeners out there uh, felt heaven and earth moving over the past 10 days, it was to make this conversation we're about <laughs> to have occur because I could not be more thrilled to have on this fantasy special podcast uh the man whose book fantasy life debuted at number five on the new york times bestseller list and has been on the bestseller list for five consecutive weeks he is uh the man who can be followed on twitter at matthew berry tmr he is none other from the good people at the worldwide leader in sports espn and espn.com matthew berry how are you matthew well, after that intro, I'm awesome, Rich. Thank you very much. Hey, yeah, listen. No, it's exciting, and um, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be on the show, and I'm, ex- I'm excited that uh, all, the, all the negotiations went well <laughs> to make this happen. You know what? It's, it's a testament to your power within the industry, Matt. I think, I, I think that's the way it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just... I, I, I think you're being way too kind. I think it's a, it's a, it's a testament to, uh, uh, to your power. Over oh, okay. At, uh, over at NFL. Hey, listen. If you can get on Howard Stern's show to promote your book, this should be. This is nothing. This is child's play. Getting on this uh, show. I will say. I will say. I mean, that was the longest of long shots. The fact that I could get on Stern to promote fan- a fantasy football book um, was the longest of long shots. No doubt. Does he play fantasy football? He, d- or? he doesn't play fantasy sports. He doesn't like it. He. Um, he's not even a big sports fan. 
Um, but the guys on his show, you know, like Gary Delabate, Baba Booey, and like all the, all the guys on his show, they all play, and they've played for years. And, in fact, I'm, a, I'm in a league with a bunch of those oh. guys. And so when I came up, uh, you know, when they pitched me to be on the show, and, you know, Gary was like, look, Howard doesn't like fantasy, and he doesn't like sports. You know, he's not a big sports fan, but Gary's like, I know a ton of our audience plays fantasy football, and we all play it. And so when they started pitching me and they started trying to explain to Howard about, the, about fantasy football and just sort of all the dynamics that were going on in the show league, in the Stern show league, and the different uh, battles going on between guys on that show, Howard got really interested, and he's like, all right, well, this is fascinating. And he, he also, I, I get, you know, I, I have this really weird career. I believe I have the weirdest resume in history. Yeah. You know, as the, uh, I'm a Razzie nominee for Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Is that right, Matthew? Yeah, I did not I know that. For, for what? Did you write it? I was a co-author of it, yes. Wow. I co-wrote that movie. I was a Hollywood screenwriter for a number of years. And Own so, it, Matthew. Own it. Yeah, Own it. And, uh, oh, listen. Uh, listen, Crocodile Dundee bought me a big old house. You know, it, my my advice to the kids, Rich, is if you're going to sell out, sell out big. And <laughs> didn't you write a season of Married with Children too? I did. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. I did. I, I was on. Um, uh, I mean, I, I wrote. I wrote in Hollywood. I, I have a I have a number of uh, distinguished and also terrible credits for my time in uh, in Hollywood. But I uh, yeah, I I was um, story editor. So it was one of my very first jobs writing was uh, one of the, la- the last season of Married with Children. So I was on that, and I, I worked on 28 episodes of that show. So were you the one who said, let's get McGinley in here? Were you that guy? I was not that guy. Ted was already there. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's funny. Ted told me a story once about, you know, because he had, at that point, he, like, he'd been on, like, the last season of Happy Days. Yep. He'd been on the last season of Love Boat. He's the kiss of death. Right. And he said, I, he said, I showed up in season four of Married with Children. I was like, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll update your resume. He's always he's always Stan Gable to me. Right, Revenge of course, the of course he is. So we should never have Ted McGillney on this podcast. Uh, that, that is correct. Hey, when when he appeared on Mad Men this past year, right? The number of tw- I sent out a tweet. Every I mean, the, he, Twitter exploded. That Mad Men that just showed you how indestructible they believe that show to be <laughs> to cast Ted McGinley. On well, that program, Mary and he was a swinger. For like right? six or seven more years after Ted That's joined true. the cast, I will say, like, of all the years I've ever met, like, tons of actors and celebrities and and uh, athletes and analysts and everything, Ted McGinley's like top five nicest people of all time. Is that right? Oh, uh, he's That's... the greatest guy, and and has an unbelievable sense of humor about himself. Like he'll, he'd be the, if he came on the show, he'd be the first one to be like, "All right, Rich, you're dead in the water." If I'm here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he's a great guy. Well, if I ever don't want to do this show anymore, there you go. I will just do that or attempt to book somebody else from ESPN, like yourself. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> Rich. It's interesting. I was trying to figure out uh, what's Rich going to ask me and everything like that. I was fairly certain we weren't going to get into the uh, the depths of Ted McGinley's See, career. See, that's what this show's about. You yeah. never know. And I'm just kidding, too. We had Fowler on last week. Right. I, you know, we have gr- great friends from the Worldwide Leader in Sports come on here. Tarico, Will Bond, nonstop, yeah. left and right. So it's it's all good in the hood between here and Bristol, and your being on this show is a testament to that. Before, before uh, we start delving into this year's fantasy season. How did you go from that resume to the talented Mr. Roto and, and your status in the industry uh, of fantasy play? How did that happen? Well, I was, I've been playing since I was 14 years old. Okay, so I'm 43. So, I mean, this, this April will be the 30th anniversary of my very first fantasy baseball auction of all time. 
So I, I've been playing forever, and I love it. Obviously, it's my passion. And in 1999, uh, there was a website, Roto World, that was advertising for um, uh, you know fantasy writers. Now this is 1999. This is back in like you had CompuServe and Prodigy, you know, and you dialed up to get your email, and you like you're online once a day. So you know, it's it certainly and writing for a website didn't have nearly the cachet of writing for a newspaper or magazine, but. So this fantasy sports site is looking for writers, and I email in and I say, hey, I'm a professional writer living out here in Hollywood. I write movies and television, and, you know, but fantasy sports is my passion. I think it would be so much fun if I could just be a columnist on the side for you guys. I think there would just be a fun side gig. Could I, could I try out? Could I send you a sample? Something like that. And they wrote me back the next day, and they said, we looked you up on IMDb. Married with Children is our favorite show of all time. <laughs> You're hired. Love so it. that's literally how I how I got a job as a quote fantasy expert, and um, you know af- after a little while I I think I'm a pretty good writer, and uh, my column became pretty popular, and I was soon the most popular columnist on that site. Um, a guy at uh, Fox Sports Radio at the time, his name Steve Mason, he's now doing sure uh, afternoons, yeah, you know, in, in LA, LA, right, uh-huh. Mason, Ireland. Yep. So uh, Steve Mason, like in 2002, had read my column, was a fan of mine, and he was working at he was doing national radio at Fox Sports at the time, and said. Hey, come on my air, and um, I wanted to do a fantasy segment. It went well. One led to two, led to do the whole hour, come in and guest host with me. And um, so I was doing all that, and then in 2004, and I get into this in the book, um, and I talk about it. It's, it's a long sort of story about this transition. I won't bore your audience with this. No, I it's think okay. It's, well, not bore, but well, I think just it's, buy the it's book. written better. It's right. written better than – it's a long story, and you'll enjoy it in the book. But, but basically, I ended up leaving, leaving that site and starting my own site. And this is this is 04, so people are starting to make money on the Internet, not in big ways, but people are starting to, you know, at least in my world. And I thought, um, hey, here's a, you know, let me start my own website. I had a big enough following. I thought I had a big enough brand name at that point that I thought I could try to expand on that. So I started my own website called TalentedMrRoto.com. That was my my goofy nickname there. Somehow that URL was still available, believe it or not. <laughs> the worst URL in history, like talented Mr. M-R-R-O, like two R's and like long and it's weird and horrible URL, but whatever. And so I started that uh, website in 04 and I started, I didn't take like, you know, I didn't go to like a VC or, you know, an angel investor. Like I started it with like $12,000 of my own money. And I basically said, I, I, I didn't, so I didn't have a marketing budget. And I basically went to every website I could find, every TV station I could find, every radio station I could find, saying, hey, put me on your air. Let me do a fantasy segment. Um, I'll write for your site for free. Just link back to my website. Just mention the website. Just, I just wanted to get the word out. And at that point, Steve had gone over to ESPN 710 LA, and he brought me over there. He's like, hey, you know, we're looking for a fantasy guy. I got the guy. And so I started doing a lot of this promotion for ESPN. And so in 2005... Uh, Rich, I'd been in therapy for a little while. I was completely miserable. I hated being in show business. Um, and I realized the only thing that made me happy were these dumb little websites. You know, I went to bed in the morning and I went to bed at night thinking, or I woke up in the morning, went to bed at night thinking, wow, you know, all I could cared about were these websites, not my, my, not my actual job. And so by the end of 2005, I sort of like, you know, took a lot of guts and I was just like, you know what, I don't care. I don't care if I make $10,000 a year. I just want to be happy. I can't do show business anymore. I'm just going to try to make a career of these sites, and I'm going to try to make a career of, of, of fantasy sports. It's the thing that makes me happiest. So I just I sort of chased happiness, and um, you know the sites just uh, kept growing and doing well, and we were out there just promoting. And you know, uh, in '06 we were in the black. We ended up getting a deal with the NBA to do all their fantasy content. That sort of put us on the map, and you know, and 
basically in the end of 06, uh, ESPN uh, was liked what I'd been doing. I'd been at that point because of because of 710 ESPN, Rich. Sure. I then gotten into, you know, I went to, you know, from yes, from from that I started doing some stuff on cold pizza. Uh, you know, from cold pizza, I started doing some stuff for ESPN News, you know, and ESPN News. Oh, uh, the car the wash. So then you start the magazine. Yes. And, right. So you just sort of g- keep getting sucked in and in. And then uh, basically in 06, they felt fantasy was big enough. They liked the work I had done. And so uh, ESPN came to me and said, we want to we want to buy your website, move you out to Bristol and, and make you our senior fantasy analyst. And you were yeah. like, Bristol, yes. Yeah, don't put him in that position, Ma. <laughs> I'm a single guy moving from L.A. How can I get to Bristol? Hey, listen, I spent seven years there. Right, you that. understand. I'm, I'm with you. Good people of Bristol, Connecticut. Good people out there. Let's well, not... you know what? I met my wife out there. So I met yeah, my I met wife my there, wife there, there like, too. You know, we, have, I... we have kids together, so it's it all worked out um, very well. So your, your kids are like my kids. You're, they're ESPN babies. They are ESPN babies, no doubt. My kids are ESPN babies. Literally, that's where I met my wife in the ESPN newsroom. Wow. Oh, I did not know that. That is a true story. I... She was a producer back in 96, walked in the door. I was like, well, I've got to go up and say hello to her, and I did. And then it, we were, quote-unquote, just friends for a while, which was very frustrating for me. Um, and then, um, then boom, finally happened. Stuck in there. Now, here's a question. Stuck in there, hung in there. Patience. That's always the tough one, is getting out of the friend zone. And, oh, getting out and, and of the friend zone. It's impossible. Here, Rich. It's impossible. Right, cause, so you're, you're, in the, you're in the friend zone and you're in the work zone. It's two man, terrible zones, awful zones. That Venn diagram is very difficult. Very difficult. And, but I'll tell you what, the Venn diagram does connect at some point, and I'm right in there with my now soon-to-be three beautiful children, and uh, it works. It all works out. And, and, and I, you know, it's, a similar, it's funny that you told her a story about how you, you got involved with fantasy sports, the same thing as the way I told it sort of in my book uh, and um, how I got basically involved in the NFL and went to the NFL Network and loved the NFL. And I just hearing how how you did what you did, it's it's incredible what you what you did and the risk you took and how it's all paid off and and everybody should go ahead and and buy um, buy this man's book Fantasy Life. It's uh, available on Amazon.com and bookstores if those exist still in your neighborhood. Do, do they still? I uh, know they know there's still some Barnes and Nobles around yeah. somewhere. Fantasy Fantasy if you want information about where to buy. Adam, you know man. all the all the links are right there. Very very good. So now let's start delving into this 2013 season here. Some of the same questions that we're going. We just asked our NFL.com fantasy experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, Adrian Peterson is the undisputed number one overall pick, correct? Yes. Okay. And then who's two? Who do you have two? Because I know you've got Arian Foster in this mix right now, but uh, he down, downright scares the daylights out of a lot of people based on uh, his injuries over the past few weeks. Where do you stand on that, Well, Matt? you know, it's interesting. Just before we started this podcast, I was in the process of updating my ranks, and, and I've been looking at two. I currently have Doug Martin at two. But, boy, that offensive line looks terrible this preseason. So I'm starting to get a little nervous about Doug Martin. I think Ray Rice is probably the safest guy. I think he's got the least amount of upside, if you will. But I think Ray Rice is probably the safest guy. You sure? I mean, because Bernard Pierce was coming on strong in the second half of last season, and Rice wasn't nearly as effective in that Super Bowl run. I I would put him offensively third, maybe even fourth most important player uh, of that Ravens offense in that well, in that I, run, yeah, I mean, and and that in in most fantasy drafts, he's been slipping a little bit to the middle of the first round because of those concerns. We looked at it once. Um, once Jim Caldwell took over as offense coordinator, I will tell you this: for whatever it's worth, um, he uh, averaged the exact same number of carries, 
20, car- 20 touches a game under, uh, under Cam Cameron, 20 touches a game under Jim Caldwell. Um, he averaged uh, more goal line carries and more red zone touches under, uh, under Caldwell than he did with um, Cam Cameron. And the other thing is, like, did you see that preseason game the other night? Like, he carried the ball 16 times in a preseason game. Like, mm-hmm. because of the injury to Pitta, because of the, uh, the trade of Anquan Bolden, you just sort of look around at that Ravens offense and, like, who are you going to get the ball to? Like, I, I think Bernard Pierce has a bigger role than he did last year, but I don't necessarily think that cuts into Ray Rice's production. He want Vulture inside the 10? No, I, I mean, listen, I, 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 like I said, he got more goal line carries once uh, Cam Cameron uh, went away, and he got many more goal line carries than Bernard Pierce did. I think the Bernard Pierce concerns are overdrawn or overblown, in my particular opinion. I think he's the best player on that team. I think he's the best offensive weapon they have. And, you know, I mean, did they try some interesting things and, like, actually line Ray Rice up sort of in the slot with Pierce in the backfield? Did they try some of that kind of stuff? Like, I mean, you know, how far are they going to go with Dallas Clark and Brandon Stokely? Like, I, I just think the more the ball is in Ray Rice's hands, the better it is for the Ravens, and I think they probably realize that. I think having Leach back for the Ravens certainly helps Ray Rice and helps that running game. So I think Rice is the safest. I, I, you know, I, like, I, like I said, I think the concerns on Pierce is like in terms of his upside, sure, but I think Rice is the safest. But my, the, here's the thing. is like for that number two spot, Rich, I think you can make an argument, a very compelling argument, for about five or six guys. So you, do you can trade make, out? You can make the argument for Foster. You can make the argument for Lynch. You can make the argument for Spiller, for Charles. I think you can make the argument for Sean McCoy, actually, this year. I don't know, man, Matt, Matthew. Uh, I said this before, and I'll say it again. Right. After having LaShawn McCoy last year on <laughs> Here we Andy go. Hold Reed, on. Sit I, down, everybody. I go nowhere within the area code. Nay, I go nowhere near the time zone or the continent of Jamal Charles because right. I have checked the rule book, and inside the rule book there is a rule that says Andy Reid may not hand it to his prime ball carrier two times in a row. He may not do that. I finally mm. found it in the rule book. And I'll tell you what, I'll stay away from Chris Ivory because Mordenweg's sitting there too. Right. And he's the one who was supposedly calling the plays. He won't give it Ivory two times in a row, even with the rest of that offense in a dumpster fire. New <laughs> listeners to the program, this is your Rich Eisen running back. Well, I mean, man. nothing got me even hotter than, than all that, but... So, w- w- where do you put... Well, but hang on. Let yes. me just defend Jamal Charles. Please. Andy Reid for a second. <laughs> okay. Okay, you, first off, you realize two years ago, LaShawn McCoy, playing for Andy Reid... On fire. ...had 20 touchdowns. That's why I took him second overall. Touchdowns. That's why I took him second overall last year. And you know what? I still wear the... the sure, of course. ...the emotional scars, clearly, as you can tell. Yeah, listen. Right now. I, I hate to break this to you, Rich. You're not the only one that was let down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people uh, that were let down by the Philadelphia Eagles last year, including Andy Reid himself, who had to find employment. Yes, he even wears red now, which is not the most flattering color. For <laughs> it is it's certainly not. But here's the thing: two things on this. So first off, I disagree about the. You know, the we have such recency bias in fantasy. We just remember what happened last year. So right. I disagree with the premise that an Andy Reid running back can't have fantasy success because obviously Lashawn McCoy was a stud two years ago. The other thing I disagree about is. Uh, that Jamal Charles needs a lot of touches to be an effective fantasy running back, because he doesn't. 
You know, I mean, like, he's a big play guy. That's what you're buying with Jamal Charles. The second thing is, is do I think he leads the league in carries? Of course not. But I will tell you that I think Andy Reid is a really smart guy. I think he's a very good offensive coach. And I think he looks at his team and he says, what do I got? I got a guy in Alex Smith who's not exactly going to rocket it down the field, but he's fairly accurate. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get the ball to Jamal Charles in space on a lot of swing outs and a lot of dump passes, and I'm going to feed Dwayne Bowe as much as I can, and I'm going to pass it. I mean, I, an Andy Reid offense has been uh, top ten in passing yards eight of the last nine years. He's going to throw it. He's going to throw it to death. And so I think Jamal Charles gets between 15 and touch, 20 touches a game. I don't know how many runs he gets, but I think he's, I think he's going to get plenty of offensive touches the argument against Jamal Charles is not the amount of times he touches the ball. Like, he's had very productive fantasy seasons. Part of last year, his best fantasy season, the, his breakout year, he averaged 17 touches a game. Like, he's a big play guy. That's not, he's not a volume guy. So what, why wouldn't I – how about Calvin Johnson second overall? Could you make that case? You can make that case. I, I will make the case for you, and then I will dismiss it. But here's, <laughs> here's the case for Calvin Johnson. Last year, um, you know, he was by far the best fantasy wide receiver. And he had five touchdowns. He went from 16 to 5. Last year, five different times, Calvin Johnson was tackled to the one-yard line. Eight different times, he was tackled inside the five. He just got unbelievably unlucky. They're going to throw it 700 times in Detroit, and they're going to throw it to him, obviously. So that's the case for Calvin Johnson. He is as great as he was last year. I think he's going to have an even better year this year because I think there's no way he only has five touchdowns again. Uh, What I don't like him at number two, though, this is why I would not do that, Assuming you're not playing PPR. I think if you're playing PPR, um, he's an he's a easy case for number two. He had as many points as like Rodgers and Breeze last year in PPR scoring. And again, I think the touchdowns increase. But what I would argue is, is that in terms of roster construction, wide receiver this year is so deep. After the big four, I think there's, there's probably 25 to 30 wide receivers that could wind up as top 10 wide receivers if touchdowns fall the right way. Who are the big four? The big four for me are uh, Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, A.J. Green, Brandon Marshall. Those four. Not Larry Fitzgerald, huh? Green, Des, and and Brandon are all sort of interchangeable. Like, it's just a personal preference. No Fitzgerald in that, huh? Not as a – no. I mean, again, we're talking fantasy. Yeah. No, no, I I know that. Yeah. No. Listen, I think Larry Fitzgerald gets back into the top ten with Bruce Arians there and Carson Palmer there. But, no, I don't think he is at the same level as A.J. Green, Brandon Marshall, and Des Bryant based on the talent around him, the offense. Uh, that particular team, what they're going to do, what we've seen the last couple of years. Huh. But, but I think Larry Fitzgerald is a great example. He's going outside the top ten, at least on, on ESPN.com he is in terms of our average draft results, and um, he's a guy who could easily be a top ten guy. My big thing here is, in terms of wide receivers, Rich, is that uh, touchdowns are impossible to predict. Repeatability of touchdowns, I think, is one of those things that like, is really hard to hang your hat on. I think the people that say, well, he's going to get eight or he's going to get ten, that's silly. I mean, the best example is Calvin Johnson. Again, best wide receiver in the NFL. He led the NFL in targets last year. So you've got the best wide receiver in the NFL getting the most targets, and he went from 16 touchdowns to five. So basically, based on what you're saying, is get more running backs than wide receivers with flexes and bench well, space and it, stuff like yeah, that? I mean, I think specific to this year, because it's, it's not necessarily uh, for that reason, but just because of depth of the position, right? There's a lot of question marks at the running back position. You know they get injured uh, more often than any other position. There's more turnover at that position. There's so many running backs by committees. Um, and so because of the depth at quarterback, it's the deepest uh, quarterback has ever been in fantasy, because of the depth at wide receiver, and because of what you can do at tight end, we can get into that in a second, 
for me, I want to go running back early and often. I, I want to go, in an ideal world, running back, running back. Now, in the second round, am I reaching for a running back? Am I reaching for a McFadden or DeMarco Murray? No, I'm not. I'm going with a Dez or an AJ or a Brandon Marshall, somebody that's there. Maybe I'll do Jimmy Graham. If Rodgers or Breeze has fallen to late in the second round, I'll go there. But generally speaking, I definitely want a running back in the first round this year, at least in a non-PPR, and ideally in the top half of the second as well. So if you're sitting at, at two, like you said, where it's kind of common, or, two to seven. Or like, or, or like somebody who's in this room in the one league, he desperately wants to win and finish last in last year. That, right, that, that, that guy. Understood, I'm that with guy. you. Okay. Is there a punishment finish. for finishing last in that league? Oh, God, unmitigated um, scorn. Uh, Sacco, Sacco trophy? Uh, no, it, was, oh, it was just, a, uh, honestly. In my league, we do have a last place trophy. It's called the Toilet Bowl. You know what? I'll tell you, it's, just, it's been awful. I'm the commissioner of the league. They threatened to kick me out of the commissionership. Oh, gosh, you're Over an NFL network. Oh, they are, it has been a gay old time at my expense. So, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, finish your set. Finish well, your so, question. Yeah, if you're list. picking in that two to seven range, you know, you're, as you're saying, any of the guys could go there. A, do you think of trading? And then B, my trading. biggest problem what with trades, trade? trades, a lot of leagues trade is, I think mostly you're just pushing two piles when you trade. What's a good trade to you and what's a bad trade? Trading. Well, you have to evaluate. It's hard to say just sort of in a vacuum what's a good or bad trade. I will say that um, I don't think it's a bad strategy. Like if somebody is willing to move up from six or seven to two, and is willing to give you an extra draft pick, like in the third round for it, I would do that in a heartbeat because I, so I don't think there's a ton of difference between two and seven this year. So, um, so yeah, I, I would absolutely uh, do that. The reason I bring up punishment is just because that was one of the most popular sections of the book is, <laughs> is punishments for losing your league. Like there's a league, if you go to YouTube and you search Tattoo League, you'll see videos oh, of this. There's a league, my favorite league, there's a league in Nebraska. The loser of the league has to get a tattoo. Oh, chosen wow. by the winner. Wow. Well, Damashek in, 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 in the sports guy, their league, you know, yeah. you heard about that, correct? No. Yeah, that, uh, that's actually, Cousin Sal gave me that story for right. the book. Um, yeah, yeah, where one guy gets voted out. Yeah, yeah, they have 13 guys in the league. Oh, relegation. They all, they all come, yeah, yeah, relegation, soccer, just like that. And last year, John Hamm got voted got out. Voted out. Yeah. John Hamm got John relegated. Hamm. But they don't announce it till the draft, till the draft. so you have to correct. prepare and show oh, up, and then the winner no. of the league announces that guy's out. Right and oh, the um, Lord, so they so John Ham showed up to like Simmons' to house this right. week and, and got the this date? was last, last year. year. Yeah, last and year. the the best part of that was is that his Madman was running late, and so Sal is blowing up John Ham's phone. Where are you? What's going on? We're all waiting oh, here. You're keeping, right. up, wow. you're keeping us here, and so like John Ham's like <laughs> rushing through traffic. He's he's texting. He's calling. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. He runs in like you know hair out of place. Like he's clearly he's sweating. And, he, and he's, he's such a good guy. To get there. Yeah. And then they vote him out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so yeah you... that story. That story. That story is in the book. I have tons of stories like that. The the uh, the tattoo league, by the way, guys. The uh, the loser last year chose a Justin Bieber face oh. tattoo. <laughs> you so who, who, cho- who chooses in that league? What the, the winner loser of the gets? league gets to put choose the tattoo that goes on the loser's leg. Tread lightly if you're the winner, because what goes lightly. around comes around. There. So yeah. So let I, me. I know we got a, a limited amount of time with you here, Matthew. And it ha- that, ha- by the way, has nothing to do mandated uh, from Bristol. It has to do with the fact that you've got a book signing, I believe. Correct. Right. And although I would love for you to be late for your book signing and tell everyone. 
bathroom. I'm, I'm sorry I was here late. I was on the Rich Eisen podcast. So that would be great for you to, you know, just tell everybody why you were late. Right, I'll tweet that out, too. I was, I'm sorry I was late to the podcast. I was uh, a book signing. I was uh, doing the Rich Eisen podcast, available on iTunes. That's correct. Or at NFL.com, Thank you. right. So, so quickly, who yeah. are your top quarterbacks? Give me, give me where, like, so for instance, I'm keen to hear where you got, where you have the Kaepernicks of this league right this now. This is how I rank them. Uh, I rank them Rodgers, Breeze, Peyton, Brady, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson at six. Ooh. Above Kaepernick. Correct. Stafford at seven. Still haven't heard Kaepernick. Haven't Ryan heard RG3. At eight. Who, at, who at eight? Ryan, Matt Ryan. Okay. RG3 at nine. Kaepernick at ten. Romo at 11. Luck at 12. Those are my top 12. So you don't you don't have is that is RG three that low obviously because you don't know what's going on. We're, let's just say he didn't tear up his knee last year. Where where do you have RG three in that mix? Probably at six. You still don't have him up because I mean, man, those these quarterbacks that can get you those bonus points well, for hundred yards rushing, right? Right. I mean, and that's why I have Russell Wilson and Cam Newton where I do. I, I mean, the argument about RG three. Is the problem is, is that as the season went on, we looked at this. As the season went on, the designed runs by RG3 continued to get less and less. First four games of the season, up until the Atlanta game, the one he left at halftime, he was getting he was averaging seven designed runs a game and 1.5 designed runs inside an opponent's 10 yard line. Wow! By the end of the year, and then like and then he had then he was averaging five designed runs up until the Ravens game, and he left that one early. Yeah, well, he then, met he met with Holodinato. Right. <laughs> Yeah, in a bad way. And then once he came back, you know, missed that Browns game that Kirk Cousins started. Once he came back, the final three games of the year, including the Seahawks playoff loss, he averaged just four designed runs a game and .33 actually only had one designed run inside an opponent's 10-yard line in those final three games. So, you know, went from seven to five to four, and now he's coming off ACL surgery. I think they're going to significantly limit the designed runs they do with RG3. And then you get to the passing. People forget Shanahan's offense is a running offense. They were 30th in the NFL in passing attempts last year. So I don't see him putting up huge passing numbers um, this year. I, I'm a Redskins fan in real life. I love RG3. I, I mean, love him. I mean, seriously, there's a restraining order against me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm such an RG3 fan. But from a fantasy perspective, I just don't see him putting up huge numbers the way he did last year because it was all about the rushing. The Kaepernick thing for me is, like, we looked at his stats, and if you took his stats from last year and you extrapolated over a 16-game season, he was the ninth-best fantasy quarterback, in, at least in ESPN.com standard scoring. And I just don't see him having a better statistical year this year without Michael Crabtree. I mean, Bolden had a nice pre- postseason, obviously, but he's no longer the player he was. He's not blown by any defenders. He's a possession guy. I mean, do they get something out of John Baldwin? Yeah, sure, maybe. Does Austin Collie stay healthy and he provides some spark? Sure. But it's a run-first offense. I know Kaepernick. Like, I like Kaepernick a lot. I think he's a phenomenal talent. But from a fantasy angle, I just don't see him putting up. I think he's going to be good. I mean, I think it, it speaks to the depth of the position. But that's why I have him where I have him. Mm. And uh, tight ends. How do you rank your tight ends? Uh, obviously, you mentioned Graham. I assume he's tops. Yeah. I- I'm keen to hear where the word Gronkowski is going to be said right now. He's still my second overall tight end. Really? Ooh. I mean, guys. Last year, he missed five games. He was still the second-best fantasy tight end. <laughs> okay. He had the I mean, most touchdowns, it, it, I think, out more, of all of them. More touchdowns the last three years than any other player in, 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 uh, in football. Um, uh, you know, I mean, he's, like, he's so significantly better. My argument is, is that, say you get ten games out of Gronk. I'm making up a number. I'm picking it out of the air. 
10 games of Gronk plus six games of a replacement-level tight end, just whoever you would pick up on the wire, that combination is the second-best tight end in fantasy this year. So because I, last year, guys, we just talked about touchdown repeatability, right, and just how impossible it is to predict, you know, the Calvin Johnson example. Last year there were 18 different tight ends that had between 500 and 800 yards. So, I mean, they're all basically sort of the same. And, you know, there's going to be six or seven games where they, have, they score a touchdown and you're thrilled, and there's going to be six or seven games where they're four for 46, and you're like, ah. <laughs> so you're saying if you don't get one of those two guys early, you just sit back and fill your roster up with running backs and wide receivers until later in the like round six, seven, or eight with the rest Correct. of the middle of the pack guys? Correct. I mean, look, there's, obviously Wynn and Gonzalez are solid. If you get them at the right price, I have no issue there. And there's some guys later that I like a little bit more than others. I'm a Jordan Cameron believer this year. I'm a Zach Sudfeld believer uh, this year. Um, so, so there are guys like that. that I, I think Greg Olson is underrated. Second half of last year on Cam Newton, only Jimmy Graham had more fantasy points of the second half of last year than Greg Olson. So there are guys that I like a little bit more than others. But, yeah, generally speaking, I either want to be one of the first guys in my league to get a tight end or I want to be the last. Two more questions before I send you off to your uh, book signing, if I may, Matthew. Give me, Give me guys that you just don't – you just don't – think anybody should go near who who do you stay away from who are your your bust fear guys it's always hard for me anyone is draftable at the right price like for me it's all about value and what it costs to acquire that player whether it's draft pick or if you're an auction but there are guys that i know i will not own this year because of where i have them ranked and where i see people going look i'm not touching darren mcfadden right that offensive line is terrible he can't stay healthy and he was bad last year when he was healthy like, he averaged 3.3 yards a carry. I mean, and, I mean the, the Raiders' offense is just a mess. So Darren McFadden, is, I mean, I have him as a fifth-rounder, and I see people, you know, reach for him in, in, in second, uh, you know, in, in the second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so DeMarco Murray, that's another guy. Really? Yeah, I mean, look, DeMarco Murray, another guy can't stay healthy. Um, he, uh, you know, the, the, the Cowboys last year, 31st in the NFL in rushing attempts. Like, they keep saying they want to have a more balanced attack, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, we, we hear that every year, I feel like, from the Cowboys. Uh, I, I don't totally trust that offensive line in Dallas either. And I don't know if you guys saw the report, but they were plan- prior to his injury, they were planning on uh, the quotes we were hearing out of Dallas and from, like, you know, ESPN Dallas and everything like that were like, hey, it's um, uh, Lance Dunbar is going to have a Darren Sproles-like role. Like they, they were, you know, and I, I still think Lance, by the way, Lance Dunbar is like a sneaky good PPR pick because he'll be back within, you know, a week after the season starts. Right. So um, Lance Dunbar is going to have a Darren Sproles type role. And then you start thinking like, all right, wait, so DeMarco Murray's not even going to be on the field on third down, you know, on a team that throws a ton. Like, what's everyone excited about? Like. I know, he had a great game against the Rams, but I, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's a talented player if he can stay on the field. Like, so that's a guy that I just won't own. I think Julio Jones is going way too high for my taste. Like, I think he's a phenomenal talent, but I've seen him going in the middle of the second round. I've seen him going ahead of guys like Brandon Marshall or Des Bryant, and you're like, Julio Jones last year had seven sing- games of single-digit fantasy points, including six games with six points or less. He only had two games where he had six or more receptions, like, as long as Roddy White and Tony Gonzalez and Steven Jackson are there, there are going to be games where Julio Jones just isn't part of the offense. Julio had a pretty interesting trend last year where it was home versus away. I believe it was home. He was on fire. In a way, nowhere to be found. It was like 100 yards a game. I had him too in the league in which I finished last. Yeah, look at that rant. Where's the Julio Jones rant? Well, because he actually got to touch the ball more than once (laughs) every five minutes. 
Oh, man. Me, I screamed at the screen like crazy last year. So, uh, okay, so those are three interesting guys. Last question, rookies. Where do you put these? This rookie class has been so, as we all know, there's no far and away quarterback that's thrown out there. And Tavon Austin was the first quote-unquote skill guy to go. A lot of people are high on Gio Bernard. We're talking about Lacey in Green Bay. Which ones do you think have the the, the fantasy ability here to, to be a, a, a good selection in a draft. I don't know that I'm going to own any rookies this year, again, because I think they just they get a little bit overhyped. I, I mean, I think there's real question marks. Like, Eddie Lacy's really interesting, but obviously that's a pass-first offense. Um, I think he's probably a flex play. I think he's got a good shot at, at 8 to 10 touchdowns this year, but, you know, like, they keep talking about Dewan Harris. They're going to use him some. and um, So, I think Lacy's really interesting. I think he's he's a talent, but Again, pass first offense. I think in terms of like, uh, you know, Monte Ball. You know, I mean, like he missed that block and just Peyton just got crushed in that preseason game. Like, you know, so don't forget about Noshan Moreno. Hillman's fumbled three times in this preseason. Like everyone forgets that Noshan Moreno was really good towards the uh, towards the end of last year. And don't be surprised if Moreno is your actual starter this year. So, like, I think Monte Ball. He'll be the goal line back, the red zone guy. You know, Patriot. Uh, Sorry, not Patriots. Broncos last year, top 10 in the NFL in red zone rushing attempts, red zone rushing touchdowns. They run good and they get in close. So I do think Monte Ball's got a good shot at double digit touchdowns. But I think both guys are sort of flex plays. Same thing with Bernard. Bernard's going ahead of Ben Jarvis Greenellis in our drafts, and I think that's correct. Um, I think his pass protection is still sort of a question, but he's an interesting guy, especially in PPR leagues. In terms of Tavon Austin, I just haven't seen anything. Like, they haven't used him at all in these precinct games. I love his talent from college, but I just haven't seen it. I'd rather have Chris Givens if I'm drafting a Rams wide receiver. You know, for me, the, the rookies that are interesting are the guys going way late. I think, you know, I'm a Kendrell Tompkins believer. Like, I think he's an interesting guy. I think Cordero Patterson is an interesting guy. Like, you know, in the last preseason games, the Vikings found a couple of different ways, you know, whether it was a bubble screen or handoff to force the ball into Patterson's hands, and I think he's just got so much talent that eventually he'll be starting. So second half of the year, I like Patterson. You know, um, I think I'm a Zach Sudfeld believer. Um, so, uh, you know, but like, so I don't think I'll be owning a lot of rookies, or if I do, it'll be guys late because to me there's just not um, – the value isn't there because they're just going so high in drafts, and I'm not convinced their role will be what people think it is. He is the author of A Fantasy Life, debuting, again, number five on the New York Times bestseller list. It's been there for five straight weeks. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Matthew Berry TMR. and is there anything else you are missing here? Well, obviously, we, people that are listening to this, they are fans of the podcast, so uh, when you don't get your rich eyes in Phil, yes. um, uh, consider the Fantasy Focus podcast there available at iTunes or ESPN.com slash weasel. All right. we, do, we do one Monday through Friday. So. There you go. That is uh, Matthew Berry. Hey, listen, man, I know you got to go run off and um, and sign some uh, some books, so congrats on the success of that. Only uh, We can only hope that you, you get the famed Rich Eisen podcast bump with selling those books, and thanks for uh, thanks for joining this podcast. I appreciate uh, thank, it. Rich, thanks for having me, and uh, good luck with the birth of child number three, my friend. Thank you. I'm trying to just stay in stay in pace with you <laughs> but you take care take care that is matthew berry the talented mr roto on the rich eisen podcast i mean if you don't know now what you need to do in your draft i don't know what what else we could do i mean we have led the horse to water we've put the ball in the tee right all you got to do is pull out the driver and hit it straight 350 down the middle but if you're still wondering what to do rich one of the shows i produce in addition to this is fantasy live if you don't get NFL Network, it's available on NFL.com weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. It streams live, a one-hour show. 
and then it is available on NFL Network at 5 p.m. Eastern. There you go. And uh, so what I've learned today is do not take a quarterback until the middle of your draft. They weren't liking your our, our guys. But I think Barry agrees with it, too. Yeah, I no, think, it's the common. I think it's the common thing. Is like even if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, well, all these running backs I really like are gone. Maybe I take Calvin Johnson or maybe I take a quarterback. Calvin at sixth. I don't, I I don't, don't have a problem that. with that. I don't either. have a problem with either. that either. I okay. Either. But I, I, so basically the, the issue they had with me was going Calvin that early. I don't agree with that. But Aaron Rodgers third. Because if I am sitting in that league and I could get RG3 late, but then again, I'm, I'm not trusting on that knee. I, I, here's the deal. Just sit tight. Draft as many running backs as you can. Draft some wide receivers. Then if you want to go for your quarterback, go for it. That's what it sounds like to me. That's the way to draft, right? That's what they say. That's but you got to adjust because you had your league, you had a guy drafting a defense in the seventh round. That's not normal. You, you have to adjust. Well, we'll talk about that next week when Jeff Schaefer personally walks in this yes, door. Yes, we will. So thanks again to um, – uh, to Fabiano, at Michael Fabiano, at Damashek. What's Akbar's Twitter address? Akbar's is at Akbar NFL. Let me just double check that, though. And in the meantime, you can follow uh, Matthew Berry at Matthew uh, Berry TMR and uh, go get his book, Fantasy Life. Please do that and go to NFL.com right now and sign up for your fantasy league and go join our Pick'em group. Yeah, definitely. We'll probably announce those. Go next to the week. weekly Pick'em's tab on your NFL.com slash fantasy. And get in while the getting's good, because we're going to be picking games uh, straight up, as only we can and should here on uh, NFL Media. Uh, we'll be doing that all year long, and there'll be weekly prizes and then a grand prize that we're still going to have to figure out, because we just decided to do <laughs> That's the way we operate here. Akbar's at, Ak- at Akbar, A-K-B-A-R underscore Baja, G-B-A-G-A. Mm-hmm. Very good. Do you have an international shout-out? Well, I, I gave Brockman? one earlier. I mean, if you want to tap dance for a second, I'll find well, another one. I think, Rich, I mean, we down, we sent this one up so close to the Jets, uh, Namath one and the Buck one. People got to go back and listen to that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Joe, a good one. Joe Namath came strong. <laughs> it's only he can. Joe so uh, I want to thank everybody here. Uh, again, thank the folks at uh, whoever in Bristol said yes, have him go on the Rich Eisen podcast, whoever those people are. Yeah. You're Probably not listening, but I'll still give well, you an attaboy anyway. And I think the other cool girl. thing about the us doing this fantasy weekly pick'em is, yeah, you can pay attention to Brockman and I, a couple of yahoos. Rich obviously has some good opinions, but game day morning every Sunday, Rich goes down the line with Mooch, Warren, Kurt, all the guys on their picks, and you can you know compare yourself and contrast to how yeah, those experts do. Go. As Very well. good. Have so, we tap danced long enough? We have. We have indeed. Uh, Mark Palmer at Kale. Donia man. How about an international shout out? I'm in Scotland and the podcast gets me doing the dishes out of every evening. There you go. I like it. Thanks, my man. We are help us help you. That's all we're trying. And that was what the idea of this podcast was. Hopefully you got every possible nugget you need for your fantasy draft. Congratulations to your future uh, fantasy winners and and condolences to those who suffer the agony of fantasy <laughs> defeat. We just hope that we, uh, we led you in the right direction. For at Chris Law and at Chris Brockman, I'm at Rich Eisen for at the Eisen Podcast. Peace out. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, friends. <laughs>